to pot on you loons. Yeah, pot on you loons, man. Hey, Justin, I want to introduce you and our listeners to our guest for today's episode. We have Captain James from the Netherlands. And as I mentioned in the last episode, James is from England. He came of age in Australia. He lives in the Netherlands. And now he's ready to pot on with his American bros. James, how you doing? Yeah, pot on your loons. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to be here. Thanks, Justin, Sam. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, awesome. Thanks for inviting me, and uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, having a good chat and uh, seeing what we can talk about. Yeah, you're you're the second guest on the show. Jeremy was the first and uh, came to us from another podcast uh, of his own. Those were his credentials. I think your credentials are pretty much just your accent, James. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, just being born in England and talking about football, I think, is uh, about as far as it goes. <laughs> you give us instant credibility with the accent, I yep. believe. Yeah. Although I will say that so far, two out of two guests have been Arsenal fans, so I'm, I'm digging that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I know more Arsenal fans than fans of any other team, so I could just keep the Arsenal fans coming on. Mate, I'd be happy with that. Don't worry. Yeah, you got to win at something, right? <laughs> Ouch. Rough. Invite me on hey. here and just kick me while I'm down. <laughs> hey, well, this will cheer you up. How about the stay-at-home order? How's that going for you guys? Yeah. Oh, man, that's crazy. It's, it's a, I was talking to James before you got on here, Sam. I feel like this is my normal life having to stay at home and not, and not leave. But, but now they're actually forcing me to do it, which is kind of weird. You know, it's obviously taking some getting used to definitely not leaving the house as much as I did before. You know, we're doing it to be safe, I guess. Right. That's the whole goal of this. For sure. J- James, how's it over in Europe? Yeah, it's, um, I think it's pretty much the same. Like I think, you know, as of I think last week or the week before we were, kind of told that all the restaurants and that were going to be shutting and we need to stay indoors as much as possible. And then uh, the beginning of this week, they basically said all the measures will stay until the end of April. And then at the end of April, they'll reevaluate. But they've also shut all concerts and gatherings and stuff until uh, June. So, yeah, all my holidays got cancelled, <laughs> basically. But, yeah, I think everyone uh, is in the same situation. I think you know, while we have more and more people infected every day, I think that it's at a slower rate than what they think. So it's working. Yeah. I've been, I've been keeping busy. You know, there just seems like there is just so much to do. Uh, I think those of us trying to maintain a full-time job from home with uh, young children, we're, we're kind of finding that, you know, rather than just having our day job, it kind of turns into a 24 seven job where anytime you're not, you know, directly caring for your child, you're, you're on the clock with work, getting stuff done. So that would be my only complaint. I know I'm, I'm lucky to still have my employment intact, but I've been making it outside going, going running as much as I possibly can. Uh, I'm lucky to live kind of in the burbs right now and have a lot of open space. So I, I just feel lucky throughout a lot of this really. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same. Like I live near a huge forest, so I can go walking around there. But yeah, I'm also lucky I can work from home. I would go into the office usually just because the rest of my team was there. But yeah, my work is in a different country, so I can actually just stay at home and work. And that's, yeah, no real, no real stress for me either. So yeah, like you, I'm lucky that I still have a job. So 
Yeah, right on. So you already you already a pro, James, at this working from home stuff, then, huh? Well, yeah, it used to be one day a week, and now it's five days a week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I find the same as Sam. Like, even though I don't have any kids, you find that you're constantly doing work like around all hours, um, because yeah, your laptop's there. You just you're on it all the time. So yeah, you just kind of end up doing all this stuff all the time anyway. But yeah, you know, I can't complain. So I'm lucky. Well, just like in our last episode, we do have actually plenty of news to talk about, even though there is no actual soccer going on or football, James. For this episode, I'll call it football. (laughs) Thank you. There's no football (laughs) going on in the world unless, uh, Belarus, right? Unless we want to cover the Belarus uh, Premier League or whatever they call it there. There's football in (laughs) Belarus, but I, I know nothing about football in Belarus, so... We're, we're just going to keep on. We do have some fluff that we're going to, going to talk about to try to kill time, but we don't really need to kill time because we, we do have plenty of news. Let's start off with the fluff, man. So in the last episode, we filled some time by completing the Scarves at Home Challenge, which I, I shared this already with Justin. Jeremy, our friend of the show from a few episodes ago, he texted into me saying that he compared our Scarves at Home Challenge to... Uh, Sheldon's fun with flags from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Any of <laughs> you guys fans of that? <laughs> I dabble, I dabble. Yeah, I, I tune in. Yeah, that's that's not a show I watched regularly or anything, but it was one I'd put on. And fun with flags would always have me laughing because I I love flags and I love hearing the stories behind flags. And I've always thought fun with flags would actually make a great like you know youtube series or something so to be compared to that i I take that as a compliment personally so thank you jeremy enough with fun with flags uh we're going to modify the scarves at home challenge to be our jerseys at home challenge uh with our first soccer jersey sorry first football jersey (laughs) newest our favorite and then our most random that we own i'm probably gonna call it soccer the whole time so don't worry (laughs) <laughs> that's fine. I'm, I'm used to it. It's fine. <laughs> well, don't they call it soccer in Australia? Yeah, they also call it soccer in Australia. Yeah. It's <laughs> so I'm not. I'm not sorry about this at all. All right, Justin, kick us off, man. All right. So, so we're doing first, newest, favorite, and most random. Uh, again, and then we'll I only post have... them to social media, right? Yeah. I, again, I only have three, like I did with the scarf. So <laughs> I guess they can they can kind of multitask a little bit. So the first one I ever got was this beautiful Team USA jersey. But after I bought it, someone said, hey, that looks like a bottle. What is it called? Like, uh, what's the the thing you, the ice, what is it? Um, the Bomb Pop. Yeah, Bomb Pop. This is the Bomb Pop yeah. jersey. Uh, I made the mistake of buying this when I was at my skinniest I've ever been. So I would look like a sausage if I wore this today, but... Beautiful jersey. Maybe maybe I lose 70 pounds, I could wear it again, but that's my my first. I'm a big fan of it. My newest is probably well, it's probably my worst worst as well, if that was an option. But so oh, I all right. Oh, the the, the Calvo one. So so I <laughs> I made the mistake of I made the mistake of basing my jersey purchase for Minnesota United United off of my favorite player from FIFA. So like I love I love putting him on the left back and running up the side. It was super fun because that, that was his position, right? Like that's my favorite position to play in FIFA. So I was like, oh he's the captain. 
I'll get a Francisco Calvo jersey because you know what can go wrong with that. To only find <laughs> out later that he's the the is Sam. Would you say probably the most hated loon ever? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I think the circumstances in which he left. I, I think people were frustrated in him because he was such a defensive liability. But then when he was benched for being a defensive liability and threw a big fit, I think that kind of caused uh, people to have, you know, actual negative uh, opinions of him. I don't know. I, I, I think most people would still wish him well. I, yeah. But so two months after I two months after I bought that, we uh, we shipped him off to Chicago. So, <laughs> yeah. And I remember you getting uh, getting a few comments in the stadium prior oh, to him being shipped off to Chicago, but after he had really kind of uh, screwed some moments up for us. Yeah. And and so the last one that I have is it's both my most or both my favorite and my most random. I have this theme of, of buying jerseys from FIFA. So I just like the reason I like soccer is because of the game FIFA. And my favorite team is Leeds United because they had the most money and they were like leak one when I bought FIFA, whatever year it was. So I bought a Jermaine Beckford jersey. Anybody oh, know who Jermaine Beckford is? That's old school. That's super old school. So he was the best real player on the team. Actually, my, my roommate had to talk me out of, I, was, I came really close to buying a customized jersey for this guy named Marquinhos that we bought from from like some Brazilian team. He was a 71 with like 95 speed. So like he was, you know, the best guy. <laughs> like we just would love to play as him and run up the field. But I, we felt like it would probably be a, a dumb idea for me to buy a made up players jersey. So instead I bought just a random guy that no one here is ever going to hear about. Uh, Jermaine Beckford. Yeah. Yeah. He retired last year. Only last year. Did he, Did he ever yep. make it? To, did he, he never made it to the EPL. I don't think. Right. Uh, well, he played for Everton, so potentially. Okay. He played, I'll be honest, he played for a lot of clubs. <laughs> yeah, he did, he did. He played for a long time. Uh, at least 11 clubs, so hopefully one of them would have been in the Premier League. Hmm. <laughs> All right, well, I guess it's my turn, and I'm actually going to start off by making James happy. So I have, from 2006, I have the... Oh, look at that. I have the shirt that the English national team wore at the, it would have been the World Cup, right? Not the, wouldn't have been the Euros. It would have been the World Cup in 2006. Uh, yeah, I think that was yeah, World, World Cup. World Cup, yeah. Yeah, yeah. World Cup, yeah. So I, I picked this up when I was in England in 2008. It was actually one of my classmates gave it to me as kind of like a farewell gift when I was ready to head back home. My newest one is actually pretty new. It's the it's just the Chelsea away kit from this year, the the white one with the with the cool collar. So I'm pretty big fan of this one. I hadn't bought a new Chelsea jersey in a while, so I was excited about that one. My favorite one, I wore it while we were recording the last episode. It has to be this Forward Madison home kit, you know, in the design of the Madison flag, my home my home city. So I I love love that kit. I wish the Minnesota United kits uh, were a little allowed for a little bit more creativity. And then most random one, I just found this one at Goodwill for like five bucks, and <laughs> it's from the early '90s. Uh, it's a Germany kit, and it's way too big for me. 
Check this out, guys. Oh, that's retro. That is what? Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Nice. Yeah, and and it's pretty big on me. I can't wear it unless I have a hoodie underneath. But it's it's pretty sweet, man. Um, the majority of my heritage is German, so you know, while I would consider, you know, anytime I'm watching the Euros, I typically cheer for England, but. You, you know, Germany is my heritage, so if they're not playing England, I'll typically, I'll typically root for them. Yeah, nice man. Well, I guess it's me. Um, I'm also going to start with an England shirt uh, as my first one. This is the away shirt. This is also about 13, probably more than 13 years old, uh, mainly because I have it's customized with my own name and how old I was at the time. So I know exactly <laughs> how old this shirt is. Uh, yeah, so this was uh, the very first one that I had. Uh, I think I'm the same as Justin. I don't think I really fit into this one too much anymore, to be honest. So yeah, my favorite, a very, very old and tattered Arsenal shirt. This one is a story that I actually bought this in uh, when I was on holiday in South Korea, back when uh, Lucas Podolski still played for Arsenal. So that's how old this shirt is. Um, and yeah, I'll send Justin as well. Like my newest and my most random one isn't actually a, uh, football shirt. It's, um, an Australian football Jersey. It's, uh, so it's the sleeveless and it's uh, a nice, uh, hot pink for uh, a charity event that we did. So I used to play uh, Australian football for a season or two. And, uh, yeah, that's my, uh, my favorite one because it was uh, charity and you know, who doesn't want to look good in hot pink? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, will... I should introduce you to the Mingos then. <laughs> the Mingos, <laughs> man. I will. Uh, I will also make a statement on here. If uh, Mister Twenty Five Goals goes and scores twenty five goals in the next, I guess we can count this season and next season because I don't think <laughs> there's going to be a finish of this season. I'll go and buy. Uh, I'll go and buy his jersey. I'll add a Loon's jersey to my uh, to my collection. Luis Amaria. Yep. If he goes Love and bangs it. in twenty three more goals. I'll uh, I'll buy a jersey. <laughs> I need new ones. We'll hold you to it. We'll hold you to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do so. And and I like that you uh, included next year too, just in case this season doesn't happen. So you can't get out of this on a technicality. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I I figured that he's had a good start, but then I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's gonna <laughs> if there's gonna be a season left for him to score 23 more goals in. So <laughs> I think right now they're. We'll get to this later, but I think they're still planning on being able to get most of the season in. Uh, MLS teams will will mention they're they're so dependent on match day revenue as opposed to the TV to the TV contracts. So they're going to be very motivated to actually have these games take place. We'll just we'll have to see what happens. I don't think anyone can really figure that out right now. Because when does your season run from and to? Yeah, so it starts in March starts in early march and then it finalizes early november mid-november we're all kind of assuming it's going to be bumped back uh further into november so so we're gonna have some nice icy games here in minnesota probably (laughs) (laughs) yeah assuming there's not like a relapse or something like that oh man don't talk about that sam (laughs) sorry yeah i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to be sportsless for too long right I am concerned well, about the world. That's that's the foremost thing. But I want sports again, Sam. We we all do, man. Here, why don't you uh, why don't you talk about something happier with us, Justin? Yeah. So so like I said just now, right? Like not having sports is kind of a bummer. So you got to find things to fill up your time with. Sam 
has a kid, right? So that that takes up a lot of his time. But me being a childless man, uh, my wife and I, we we spend a lot of our time watching watching shows, and this is like this is some prime binge binge watching season right now. So you know, there, there's nothing for people to really you know watch as far as sports goes. So a lot of people are kind of relying on garbage television, and I am I am not immune to that. The two big ones that I want to talk about, and I don't know if either of you guys watch either of these. But Tiger King and Love is Blind. Have you guys watched them yet? No, I haven't seen I know either. what both are. Yeah, the same. I know what both are, but I haven't actually. Yeah. Okay. Sarah watches Love is Blind. Okay, so she knows about that one. So highly recommend. Highly recommend if you have, find some spare moments in your life. I was talking to James about this before. Tiger King is about this these guys that that own they're, they're these, these owners of private zoos. And there's like several of them around the country, these big wig guys, and it kind of follows them. And you can, you learn how like messed up it is, right? This, this whole ring of guys purchasing, selling tigers. And it's just this big soap opera, like tail, like trailer park, you know, trashy type stuff. There's murder, there's murder for hire involved. Uh, It's just, it's, it's a, it's a big old mess. And the, the characters are just, larger than life. I, I don't want to spoil it for you and tell you too much about it, but highly recommend uh, Tiger King. Uh, you're going to lose some brain cells as you watch it. You're not going to, you're not going to feel bad for anyone of the main <laughs> cast. There's some like, there's some like secondary characters that it's actually pretty heartbreaking, but like everyone that's a main character is terrible. And you're like constantly thinking in your head, the hierarchy of who's worse, who's worse in this, the grand scheme of things. And they're all bad. So so Tiger King, highly recommend it. Give it a watch, you two. We can maybe talk about it next episode. And is but, Tiger King real? Yes. Like, is it real? It's a documentary. Yeah, it is. So there's murder for hire in a documentary that they know is being filmed? Well, so, like, this is after, like, I mean, I like, obviously you can look things up, whatever. But, like, the whole, you know, the way it kind of came about was this, this, this filmmaker was, he was looking into people like buying snakes to like poison people like there was like these people that were buying illegal snakes for the venom to poison people but then he through meeting the snake owners got to meet all these people that own tigers and then it just it just kind of like it just spirals into this whole different story of this tiger king but yeah the underlying thing is that he the tiger king is uh arrested for attempted murder or like plotting or paying someone to murder his his adversary. Yeah, it started off as this guy just trying to learn about some snakes and it ended up being this whole big thing that's that's taken over the world. So I don't want to sound like pretentious by saying this because everyone who knows me knows that I am not what you think of when you think of sophisticated, okay? But am I going to find this as being too rednecky? Like I, I didn't watch Duck Dynasty. I didn't watch... Honey Boo Boo. I didn't watch any of that stuff. Is this going to be just too rednecky for me? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, Sam, you at least got to try it, man. Just watch one episode and then watch two and then watch three. You know, like <laughs> you're going to get sucked in. That's what's going to happen. That's what there's only seven, about. right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's like seven episodes. Uh. Watch it with Cece. Spend bond, like bond with your <laughs> yeah. daughter and watch, watch Tiger King. Oh, I'm, I'm sure she'll be thrilled. 
So, so that's Tiger King. Like, highly recommend it. Lo- would love to talk to you guys about it in future episodes. Uh, but the other one is this Love is Blind. It's uh, the whole premise. Is, it's a dating show. So it's, it's real people on a dating show. They have to, so they, they don't get to meet each other. So people are dating kind of by only getting to talk to one another. Like they're sitting in, in the, what they call pods with a wall between them. And they're having these long conversations for like, for like two or three days. I mean, the conversations aren't that long, but they're having conversations for like two or three days with a whole bunch of different people. It's like blind dating, like physically, like they cannot see the people they're dating. And what they have to do is they have to, to continue these relationships, they have to, they have to commit to marrying someone else in order to move on. So like if they like meet someone, they fall in love with them. They have to propose to them and, and commit to like getting married to this person for them to meet them. Yeah. So all these people are making these love connections just off of emotional connection, just off of conversation. And then it's, then they get to meet each other and then they got to see if the physical parts there, but they have to like agree to get married. So like the, the end the, like the last two episodes are about their weddings and whether or not they actually happen. I think I'd rather just watch reruns of like Arsenal losing. Oh, stop. Man, come on. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. That's rough. So so Tiger King, Love is Blind, highly recommend them. <laughs> I'll I'll think about uh giving Tiger King a try. Um. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, James? You you've been binging anything over this uh, quarantine period? Yeah, so uh when I'm by myself during the week, uh I started the Marvel movies again. Because we have Disney Plus as well, right? So there's um, 20 Marvel movies on there because Spider-Man gets a raw deal. And Spider-Man <laughs> movies aren't on Disney Plus um, for some what? reason. They're not on my Disney Plus, yeah. Uh, Spider-Man uh, got cut from Disney Plus. Huh. Now, now, question, James. Is there like a... Because I've never... So, so just full disclosure, I've seen like two Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Never oh, watched dude, you should watch those instead of uh, Love is Blind. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to, like, poo-poo it, but, like, I just... Superhero movies don't really do it for me. Like, the, the class... Like, I like, like, the... I like, like, the Christian Bale Batman series. Like, I love that series so much. Uh, but, like, the, the Marvel just really doesn't do it for me. But I have thought about it, and I do have Disney+, Plus, and I'm guessing that's one of the main features of having Disney+. Plus. Is there yeah, like a flowchart, James? Is there a flowchart, yeah, yeah. James, that I can follow? Yeah, so there's actually like uh, they're all in order. So you can literally start at uh, the chron- like the first one that came out, which is Iron Man, uh, and then you go to Iron Man two, and then you can go through in order as they were released. So that would be that would be the best the best way of doing it. You think, James? Yeah, yeah, because then it builds the universe from there. I mean, there is one or two movies. Well, there's mainly just one movie that's a bit meh because they took all the humor out and then realized that that didn't work. Which one was that? Uh, that was the second Thor. Like the second okay. Thor movie, yeah. they removed all the humor and tried to make it serious, and it really didn't work. So they were like, well, third Thor movie is going to be really hilarious because we have to make up. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's what I binged by myself. And then when I'm with my girlfriend, we watch uh, two shows. So I don't know if you guys have a similar thing, but we have like a Farmer Wants a Wife. It's basically a bunch of farmers uh, and then – people write in to like apply to uh, like meet them and go date them. And so they have like a group date of like 10 people and then they pick five and then they take three back to the farm to live with them for a week. And then they eventually pick one person that they actually 
kind of want to date. Are they allowed to see each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no blindfolds or anything. Now, what if the um, farmer wants all three of them to be his wife? Is that an option? Or it's not like that over there? Yeah, it's mainly you just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds uh, interesting. Oh. Yeah, so that that's all right. But um, my favorite one is uh, we call it Who is the Mole? Or in Dutch, it's uh, V is the Mole. But basically, it's uh, 10 people, like 10 celebrities who – are working together in a group of challenges uh, to earn money for the pot. And then at the end, one person will win all the money. But one person is actually like the mole. So they're trying to stop the the rest of the group winning money. And so the point of the game is you have to work out who the mole is and answer questions every week. And if you're the worst person, then you get sent home. We had that show like a number of years ago. That was actually an American show at one point. Yeah, it's uh, it's been in most countries. Uh, I think America had three three seasons or four seasons. Uh, Australia had three or four as well. But uh, it's originally from Belgium, and they use like totally just random people. Uh, but in the in the Netherlands, they use uh, like actual like celebrities and stuff. Now, James, would you know if uh, if you're an American who wants to, you know, give uh, Dutch TV a try? Is there a way for them to do that legally over the internet or would that require, you know, some, you know, torrents or VPNs or. Um, I think you can use uh, the, the normal. I just use the normal uh, TV channel website and then you can, uh, there's like all the programs that you've missed. So you can like rewatch okay. them all on there. Yeah. Huh. James, I'm, yeah, looking in- at the, I'm looking at the Wikipedia, James. There's a mole yep. junior. In Netherlands? Uh, it's, it's, yeah. Who's the mole junior version? Have you watched the junior version? Before? I have not watched the junior version. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm what I'm currently watching the Belgian version because the uh, the Dutch one finished for the season. They were actually in China and it was filmed last year. So it was good that they were in there last year. But yeah, it was uh, quite ironic as well. Interesting. So yeah, that's uh, that's my hot take. I'm not really watching a lot, guys. Sarah and I, we've been kind of gradually making our way through Peaky Blinders on Netflix and we we like it we're on like season 2. Are you guys familiar with that show? Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. I watched like the first 3 episodes and it didn't pull me in, but everyone keeps telling me to just power through. Yeah, it takes place in after World War 1, so in the late teens, early 1920s and uh just follows this family that lives in Birmingham. They basically they they run kind of like a gambling ring and you know it's essentially it's a gang so there's all sorts of stuff associated with gangs and (laughs) it's been it's been intriguing it's been intriguing it it has kind of a cool style where it takes place you know over a century ago but it features a lot of contemporary music that sets up a unique uh, vibe so far we we like it we're entertained by it we're going very slowly through it but we like it i guess i would just say my favorite like drama of the past however many years is by far the Americans. And it seems like hardly anyone has seen that show. Seriously, guys, if you're listening to this and so few people have taken me up on this, it's so cool. It's like these KGB spies living in 1980s Washington, D.C., pretending to be Americans and, you know, like infiltrating the FBI. It's so cool. And it it just you get so emotionally attached and. I loved it. And they wrapped it up beautifully um, about a year ago. 
give the Americans a try. It's on Amazon Prime in the United States if you're if you're looking for something. I don't know. I think I'd rather watch reruns of Arsenal losing. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've never heard of it before, actually. Really? Um, no. There you go. Oh, man. I, we, I can't, we can't, can't get Amazon Prime, though. Okay. Um, well, in different countries have different shows on their streaming services. So who knows what, who knows if it's on Prime in the Netherlands. But ori- originally it was on a not as popular network here called FX. And I think it was just overlooked. If it would have been on HBO, I think it would have been, you know, as big as like a Game of Thrones. But it was on FX. So not as many people knew about it. But it had Carrie Russell, you know, Felicity. Yeah, great show. Just great show. Nice. Other than that, I've just been playing Animal Crossing, guys. Like, <laughs> I've heard 15 minutes at a time. Stardew Valley Light is what I hear. <laughs> Did you play that game, uh, Sam? Yeah, I know Stardew Valley. I no, I I think it's Stardew Valley was more based on the farming. Here, your whole like lifestyle. It's, uh, it's a good one. <laughs> it's a lifestyle choice, guys. <laughs> I saw I saw like a uh, it was one of those. Someone went on like a chat board asking for relationship help. Uh, and this <laughs> have you seen this before, Sam? The people circulate no. been circulating the internet, and it's like this girl that's like, "Hey, I'm nervous that my my boyfriend." has been visiting this other girl's farm too much should i be worried that he's cheating on me is this cheating because people was that stardew valley or was it animal this this was animal crossing like like he was visiting someone else's someone else's area someone else's patch (laughs) yeah their patch and she said i gave him a hat so this is where i thought maybe it was a joke she's like i gave him a hat and he never wears it but then he started wearing this other hat that he won't tell me where it came from Man, the thing things we have to do in uh, isolation, eh? <laughs> I don't know, man. I like animal. I liked it on the GameCube back in high school, and I don't have a ton of time to play video games uh, ever since high school. But Animal Crossing is a uh, it's a good one to just play like fifteen minutes at a time, you know. Put down, you know. So the times my daughter is uh, is content playing by herself, I can you know plug away on some Animal Crossing. Now that now you talk about it, Sam, I'm kind of also having I'm anticipating a game that I'm going to be buying here soon that I'm glad we're quarantined because I can play it a lot. My favorite video game is getting a remake done of it that has taken like eight years to produce. We got any Final Fantasy Fantasy seven fans here. Yeah, I was going to say, is it Final Fantasy seven? Yeah. So they they they've been working on this forever. So it's finally happening. So hopefully hopefully it doesn't suck. But I'm going to be playing that. It comes out next Friday. Nice, nice. Well, half hour into the show, guys. Should we? Should we talk some football? Yeah, let's do it. Why not? All right. So for news, we'll start off in the Italian Serie A. Uh, Gabriele Gravina, uh, the Italian Football Federation president, he stated of Serie A's potential return as. We'll try our best to even play at the cost of asking for support from UEFA and FIFA to go beyond June 30th, therefore also taking advantage of July and August. I just think that that is significant because in, until that quote came out, no, no one in Italy was talking about resuming the season. Um, they, they obviously had a lot more important things that were keeping their hands full, but I wanted to include that in there. I, I think it's also important to note that you know, while England has, you know, come out and 
talked about how the June 30th deadline from UEFA may be tough for them to meet. Um, now we start hearing from some other big leagues in Europe who also are worried about that June 30th deadline. Luis Rubiales, Spanish FA president, stated of La Liga's potential return, we think it's practically impossible to resume competitions at the beginning of May. Whether the contracts are extended or not, all the clubs will be in the same position. So again, just another big league in Europe talking about this June deadline set by UEFA. It's just not realistic for European football being resumed. UEFA then, uh, they, they kind of came out and said it, it. To me, I interpret this as they are also open to the idea of things having to be extended past June for the domestic leagues. Alexander Sheffrin, uh, UEFA president, stated of the Champions League and Europa League resuming as, nobody knows when the pandemic will end. We have plan A, B, or C to restart in mid-May, in June, or at the end of June. And then finally, you know, just a reminder, last week we shared the news of the tentative return dates of the following leagues, the German Bundesliga and the MLS, currently set to resume in May the English Premier League and the French Liga 1 in June. Um, and actually, it's been floated around. I'm not sure if you guys, I'm not sure if you guys caught this, but it's been floated around that the return of the English Premier League this summer could kind of have a World Cup vibe to it, where they would finish off the Premier League season within the summer, and it would start off with sort of a mini camp for each team where they'd be shut off from the rest of the world, and then games would be crammed into a tight schedule where they'd be staggered to optimize TV viewership because, of course, no one would be allowed to attend the games. I don't know. James, let's start with you. What What would you think about a World Cup-type setup to finalize the English Premier League this year? Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard a little bit about this. Obviously, like uh, Mikel Arteta, Arsenal boss, uh, got COVID-19 uh, a few weeks ago. So, yeah, he's been isolating. But, yeah, I had heard about uh, this kind of World Cup vibe and the mini camp thing, and I think it'll be good. I think Bundesliga returning in May is – I definitely don't think that's going to happen. You know, I think out, outside of Italy and Spain, you know, Germany is one of the worst hit with uh, COVID-19. So I, I highly doubt that May deadline. But, yeah, I mean, I'd be down for a kind of World Cup vibe thing in June, uh, probably July. August even. Yeah, I think at the moment people are going to take any football they can get. You know, it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters what it looks like. But uh, I also saw a little bit about like television, uh, like talking maybe about also like uh, having like free, having all the games free to air. There's a potential for that as well so that everyone can watch them. Yeah. And to just uh, for our American audience, they our American audience might not really understand that in Europe, you know, specifically England, it's not necessarily easy to just watch your teams play on the television. Um, in the United States, it's incredibly easy to, especially like NFL, you don't even need like a cable subscription. You just turn your TV on to whatever local channel your local NFL team is on and you get to watch it. Uh, that's not the case over there. So this this would be this would be a really kind of a cool thing for people. Yeah, exactly. Usually, you probably get one or two games a week on uh, like free to air television uh, with like match of the day. But yeah, it put to put all ten games a week on would be uh, yeah it would be huge. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. 
We do have some smaller news. Uh, the English FA did announce the seasons of all leagues below their sixth tier National League North and South to be considered null and void. We are to await if that is to have any sort of ramifications for English Premier League and the English Football League that we follow more closely. Locally, the NPSL, which is the fourth tier of uh, American soccer, announced the cancellation of their 2020 season. Locally in Minnesota, this league hosts Minneapolis, which stated via Twitter, if we can safely plan this summer, and it's only March, so hopefully we can, we will. We are working behind the scenes to make a season happen. So yeah, Justin, I was hoping that we could check out a Minneapolis SC game this year. Um, I know that they're fourth tier, but the crowds at those games seem pretty, pretty rowdy and pretty entertaining. And I was hoping we could go there and then podcast about it. Yeah, I, I agree. Kind of to piggyback off what James said, I think everyone's kind of kind of desperate at this point, right? We're willing to take anything we can get. So I, you know, I'd love to see them back. I'd love to do a podcast at one of their games. Uh, it'd be it'd be great to still see if they have an opportunity to the U.S. Open Cup. You know, does do we? Is there any word if that's still happening, Sam? Have they talked about that at all? Yeah, that's kind of a wait and see, depending on how long this goes. In the United States, you know, obviously the MLS teams are going to consider winning in their MLS season to be a higher priority than the U.S. Open Cup. So maybe that's an opportunity for the lower division teams to advance further in the cup. The way I interpreted that quote, it sounds like they're e- Minneapolis City is even. It sounds like they're even interested in just scheduling friendlies mm. uh, to get people back into the stands, um, back with their team, supporting their team. This may be a long shot, but wouldn't it be kind of cool to see if Minneapolis City uh, took on Minnesota United in a, sort of a local derby? I think that'd be dope. I think that that would definitely sell at Allianz if they decided to hold. I mean, they would hold it at Allianz, right? People, even if it's a friendly, they want to see football. They want to see soccer again. They'll pay. They'll pay to be able to be there and be there for the game and watch it. So I'd be down. Yeah, and I know Minneapolis City, they they tend to advertise themselves as the anti-corporate soccer. And, you know, occasionally they'll they'll make tweets that very clearly take jabs at, you know, the MLS and, you know, just implying that they're all sellouts. But, you know, these these are some extreme times. And, uh, you know, to have basically the two local teams taking on each other, you know, for the well-being of both clubs, I think that would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, so question for James, you kind of touched on this a little bit. You know, we, we come from a perspective of American sports. What's it like in Europe right now? What's the mindset in regards to the return to playing in, in soccer and just anything in general? Yeah, I think it's kind of like there's like the two different levels. Like there's the when are we going to return playing and the when are we going to be allowed to return to the stadium to watch them mm. play? Right, because that one is just quite far off in most people's minds, and you know all sport is cancelled at the moment. So probably June is the earliest people are thinking about uh, having a return to any kind of football. But I don't think people expect to. And in this is even on a wider note, like people are saying they don't expect to go on a holiday this year anywhere. You know, right. like. Because even when all this kind of isolation stuff ends, they're still going to have to let, in inverted commas, let people back into society in a controlled manner, right? Because you can't just let everyone out loose again. So I think 
concerts and sports events are going to suffer because people aren't going to turn up to them or be allowed to turn up to them for a while. But yeah, I think, you know, I think people are are, are understanding that the next two months are probably no sport at all. Uh, And then June, July is probably more where people are expecting football and pretty much everything else to come back as well. Even if it's empty stadiums or if it's mini training camps or just anything people can get their hands on, basically. Right. And, and we, we joked about it on one of the podcasts about how, oh, that's got to be lame to watch an empty stadium. But I feel like at this point, like every everyone's like, I'll take it. I'll take it, man. You know, let's play to, play to nobody. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, Sam's comment from the other week was uh, – <laughs> Was yeah, like when Australians play, there's not actually too many people in that stadium anyway. <laughs> when Australians play, um, but yeah, I I understand. Like even even empty, an empty stadium is a weird effect. Like when you when you watch those games, because I've watched a couple, like you can hear all the players with tactics. You can hear them all like shouting yeah. to each other. You can hear what the referee says exactly. You can hear the coach. Like it's, yeah, it's a really surreal experience actually like listening to what's actually going on. But yeah, it's, I think, you know, once he comes back, I think people will be kind of all over it again. So. So this will be a nice segue into, uh, into our next segment. Captain James, uh, this next part, we're just going to be interviewing you. Basically, we want to get your perspective on how the United States and American football or American soccer, right? Yeah, American <laughs> soccer. American football, that has different implications, right? <laughs> but on how American soccer, you, you know, what its place is within the global game. First, do you sense Europe is becoming aware of the growth of the American game? I think it is. And like, I guess right at the start, it, it's kind of like trying to set the scene between like the US and, and Europe. And I also put Australia kind of in the US bucket as well, is that the US and Australia have a very similar problem, right? If Because if you think of England and you think of sport, you immediately think football and you think rugby as well, right? But if you think of America, you think American football, uh, the baseball, the NBA, ice hockey, and then the MLS is maybe like number five. And it's the same in Australia. You know, there's Australian football, there's the rugby's, and then like Australian soccer is also even after hockey sometimes, you know, like it's, it's really down like in the fifth kind of fourth or fifth. But I think in answer to your question, like the Europe, I definitely is becoming more aware it's mainly because of the players that you bring over from Europe, right? Like it started with David Beckham. I, I honestly think before David Beckham, most people didn't even know the MLS even existed. And then you brought Beckham over and then you keep bringing like stars over from Europe and who are playing. But the general feeling in Europe is the MLS is almost like the kind of last hurrah for people, like for players in Europe, right? Like, it's almost like David Beckham went there at the end. Ibramovich went over there, although he came back and then played for Milan, but Slatans just... It's the, re- the retirement league, we call it. The retirement league. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what it feels like to Europe. But it's definitely over the last 10 years got bigger. Like you can definitely tell that people are aware that it's not just a retirement league anymore. There's actually good football. So yeah, you, you mentioned MLS is maybe fifth after hockey right now. It's hard to just say MLS is fifth. You could pro- you could for sure say soccer is fifth 
because American soccer fans are not necessarily always going to be MLS fans. They may be, you know, if they have Mexican ties, they may be Liga Emekis, uh, they may follow that. Or if they live outside of an MLS market, it's actually very common for them to follow one of the major European teams. Like for years, I followed Chelsea prior to the arrival of Minnesota United to the MLS. I followed Chelsea and that was it. But of the... (laughs) But of the fans in the United States who tend to follow one of the major European teams, um, often for the English speaking population in the United States, it's one of the big six of the Premier League. How is that thought of in Europe? Are we just a bunch of sellouts? Are we just glory chasers? How do you think Europe views the American fans? Yeah, I think I think it's basically the same as as most other fans like it's. You know, when you're the big six, you're going to have, you know, supporters from all over the world, right? And it's kind of like, you could almost reverse the question. It's like, you know, what do the Lakers think of all the people around the world who support the Lakers? I think, you know, most people will just accept what you support. Just, yeah, like they're perfectly happy for you to support their team or, yeah. And if you can prove that you have some kind of tie to the team, like you went to the stadium or you lived in the city or something like that, then that's even better. But yeah, like everyone supports major teams. And I think nowadays with all the internet and the ability to watch so many games, I think it's perfectly fine to just be able to follow a team and not be judged for it as such. So So side note then, how did you become an Arsenal fan? Because if I remember, you're from Guildford? Yeah, yeah. Which is near um, London, but... Yeah, so it's like southwest London. But uh, yeah, it was just from a young age. Like I... I don't really remember actually how I became an Arsenal fan. Just I was I was just an Arsenal fan. It just happened. <laughs> we were at uh, school and we were talking about teams. I guess when I was a kid, and yeah, a lot of my friends were Manchester United fans, which is always the joke in England that Manchester United fans actually don't know where Old Trafford is because all of them are from <laughs> down south. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just didn't want to support Manchester United, so I just I like red. I picked Arsenal. It's pretty right. much. How that happened? I was, hope, I was hoping you'd say Thierry Henry. I'm a big Thierry Henry guy. I was uh, I was a fan before Thierry, but uh, yeah, Thierry is just yeah, it was just amazing. And Dennis Bergkamp and the Invincibles. So no matter how I'm, bad we are now, we still have that golden Premier League trophy. You know, that's <laughs> that's the important one. Yeah, Jeremy brought that up too. What, <laughs> we what all you do. guys have, so we'll let you have it. What about? Uh, fans in MLS markets who tend to follow their MLS team and a European team. Is, is that taboo in Europe? Uh, is it common for someone to follow their smaller local team and then follow a much larger team? Yeah, it is. Um, most people support, like you talk about the big leagues. Most people have a team in most of the leagues. Uh, like you'll find most England fans will follow in La Liga is either Barcelona, Real Madrid or Valencia. Like, And even if they then have a local team in the UK, they'll follow that as well. Um, so it's not really taboo at all because everyone kind of follows their own team. And some people even have like favorite MLS teams. So like Although, even a Liverpool fan would have a team in Syria? Yeah. Yeah, that's quite common. Okay. Yeah. Although so, for most people, like, but it can also be that they just like to watch Syria A and don't have a particular team. That's also sure. a common, yeah. So do you have teams in the various leagues? Yeah, so I um, 
Because I so in the Dutch league, which isn't really that big, let's be honest. Uh, I follow uh, FC Utrecht just because that's where I live. Uh, uh, Barcelona, yeah, uh, Dortmund, like Borussia Dortmund uh, in the German league. Yeah, in the Italian league, I don't really have a team that I follow. I kind of just watch Serie A on occasion, and it's kind of nice. Maybe uh, Roma because uh, Totti was just just a god sure. forever. What yeah. about Belarus? Yeah, I've, uh, I'm, I'm really going to need to do my research into uh, Belarusian uh, <laughs> I think football we all now. Because, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've got to pick a team. So, James, I'm not I'm not super familiar with a ton of Dutch soccer league. What's it called? What's the Dutch soccer league called? The uh, Eredivisie. Now, who's like the Yankees or like the Lakers? Oh, like man, you know everybody this. Hates? Justin, you know this. It's uh wait the, the team that everyone has is it, is it yeah <laughs> yeah I- 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 <laughs> it's always Ajax I- <laughs> yeah I have uh, I have uh, a couple of friends who support Ajax I- and uh, yeah I mean they're always just totally insufferable about Ajax I- especially when Ajax I- <laughs> wins but I I think the problem that you know the Dutch league has in particular is that you might have one or two teams that are it's generally one or two teams a season that are at the top but they always have a goal difference of like plus 50, right? So there's only it's only ever like a two or three horse race and they all have these like massively inflated goal differences because the, the, the gap between the top and the bottom is just so massive. Has it ever been considered that for entertainment value, just combining the Netherlands and Belgium into one league, you know, might make some sense? Um, maybe, but I don't think that, Either country would really go for that because, sure. um, yeah, I think they're a bit too individualistic for that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, for me, you know, I lived in Australia, so traveling is absolutely no drama, right? Like I can drive three hours and I think that's fine. But I think, uh, you know, if, uh, with Dutch, I think going to Belgium might be a little too far as well. Well, you lived in Perth. Where could you get to in just three hours? <laughs> Not for, yeah, not many places. <laughs> uh, Margaret River, maybe the the like okay. the wine, the good wine. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that that's interesting. Um, it makes me feel better that I have uh, I have my my Minnesota United, but then I also I still love Chelsea. I, I just can't uh, can't get over that. Not sure that should make you feel better, but you know, right, uh, Justin? Who do you support <laughs> in the Premier League? So I. I've gone around a little bit, so like this is going to be a taboo. What he's about to say is actually <laughs> going to be taboo. Oops. <laughs> so, so I, I, I liked. I had a roommate that liked Manu, so I was a Manu guy for a little bit. But I think, I think I like Tottenham. I think Tottenham oh, the team. No. What? That I was wasn't like, what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> In my head, I was <laughs> like, "Don't say Tottenham." <laughs> I, I, I just, oh, I don't man. know. I like Tottenham. What's What's bad about Tottenham? Everything is bad about Tottenham. All the things. Like, They're literally not good, everything. Though. They're not that good. Why do people hate Tottenham? So Jeremy and I kind of talked about this while you were in Hawaii. The reason I dislike Tottenham, I, I have a friend from England that, you know, James and I play in a fantasy football league with, and he's a big Tottenham fan, but he's like a real Tottenham fan. I don't have any problem with that. I do have a problem with all these Americans that think that Tottenham is just this like jolly, happy, you know, club that they can just jump on. You know, they're the they're the underdog. They're 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 poor. They're they're never going to win anything like they're not chasing glory or anything like that. Like they have a ton of money. They play in this this world class stadium. They have world class players. 
Like you're not like cool or hip or trendy or it's not you're, the you're not, not a glory good. chaser for choosing Tottenham is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah. But the, just the fact that they have an empty trophy cabinet is a side point <laughs> to the fact that <laughs> so, the rest so of the no horrible jo- things. <laughs> so no joke. I, I thought about this as we're talking like, why did I like Tottenham? And it's because it's the damn left back running up the side in FIFA. Gareth Bale, man. It was Gareth Bale. He made me like Tottenham. Just he was a left back running up the side. It was super fun. But you know, Chelsea has Marcus Alonso. Eh, whoever, whatever. <laughs> no. We have like Hector Bellerin. Yeah, <laughs> we have, we have good defense. <laughs> you guys trying to sell me on your teams? <laughs> no. What I thought you were going to no. say is, I thought you were going to say I'm a Man United fan and a Leeds United fan, which I think they hate each other. They do. They do. Yes. I think that's that's like being a Cowboys and a Redskins fan. Like I don't think you can do both. <laughs> this I, I is like... also I was gonna say this is also like the crazy part about all this is that uh Leeds were on track to go back into the Premier League Ugh, they ripped in my the heart championship out, before before all this happened. They were they were on track and they haven't been there for many, many years since the whole uh going bust debacle. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, that was like the most serious I had been on following Leeds is their, their attempt to try to get back in the premiership. I was super, super invested, right, as they're, as they're ascending. And they were like at the top for a while, right? Like they had a, they, they could have just, you know, taken it easy, but they, it was, it was actually a huge collapse at the end there. Yeah, because they bet, they put all this money that they'd go back to the Champions League, uh, like in multiple seasons and they just didn't make it. So then they just went bust. But they were leading uh, the league, uh, the EFL championship by uh, one point over West Brom and then who were like a further six points ahead of Fulham. So we're basically guaranteed to go back to the <laughs> Premier League. So we've got to see what happens if they, uh, like if they award Liverpool the title, right? Yeah. Like what I'd, happens with the title if they just finish? I'd like to think that that World Cup, July or August kind of style wrap up to the premier league season i'd i'd like to think that just all the english leagues the first six tiers anyway would all be included in on that yeah that would be just great tv had by all yeah it'd be a lot of football as well which i think would make a lot of people very happy yeah yeah we actually get a decent amount of the efl here in the united states so typically we can watch like three or four games a week on espn plus so that's pretty sweet yeah match day in england man um let's get back to the Get, get back to the questions. So, like, what do you guys do? You tailgate before the games, sports bars. <laughs> you know, you got Buffalo Wild Wings over there. Like, what? Is, like, is there this, like, big TV package you can subscribe to, watch every minute of every game? How does that work, man? Yeah, so I'm not a foremost authority on this, but uh, I can definitely tell you there's there's no real, like, tailgating that happens. Everyone just kind of rocks up and then rocks into the stadium and that's kind of about it. There are sports bars, uh, especially the ones like that'll be in either the home team or the away team that like if you're kind of, so if you're in Chelsea, right? The bars around Stamford Bridge will all be showing the game. And you can usually subscribe to Sky, I think is the uh, TV guys over there. And I think there's a Premier League package as well so you can watch if not every minute. I don't think they do like the side by side by side things there's no red zone yeah no there's no red zone uh sad there's no red zone but uh, i think you can you know watch quite a lot of football if you get the package so i i had heard that if say you were an arsenal fan living in london that you couldn't actually watch arsenal on tv 
because they wanted to encourage you to actually go to the Emirates and watch Arsenal. An Arsenal supporter in London, are they able to watch every Arsenal game on TV? Um, I think if you pay for it, it's definitely not going to be on free to air. But generally, if you like, I think if you pay for the games, you should you would be able to watch them like with uh, Sky or okay. any other like service like that. Right. But yeah, they generally do try and get most uh, most people to go to stadiums. Yeah, so. which is cool. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, prices could be cheaper. I've heard, but <laughs> so if there's no tailgating, then. What what do people do before they go to the games? Like like here, if I if I go to a Wisconsin Badgers football game, or if I go to a Green Bay Packers football game, I yeah. tailgate, right? Like um, Milwaukee Brewers game, I tailgate. I have uh, my gr- my grill in the back of the car. Get out the grill, you know, flip some burgers, brats, whatever, a few beers, then go into the game. If it's a Brewer game, maybe three innings into the game, I'll actually make it in there. Um, <laughs> What do you guys do before a big game? Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's mainly like you'd go somewhere for a drink first, uh, and you would probably eat somewhere as well, uh, and then yeah, kind of like hang out with whoever you're hanging out with. You guys go for a drink at a bar somewhere. You grab something to eat, and then you'd go to the game and and kind of just go into it. And as you get close to the game, there's obviously everyone's kind of trying to go in and that builds some atmosphere. And yeah, there's no real, uh, yeah, there's no real like tailgating or everyone kind of waiting outside the stadium. It's kind of more everything does their own, everyone does their own thing at home or in a bar. And then you kind of just rock up for the game. Sure. Yeah. That's been my experience anyway, because I went to the, uh, the women's Euros uh, when it was in the Netherlands a couple of years ago. Nice. Yeah, it was good. So I've I've heard from some people about loyalty points, and I'm I'm honestly still confused about loyalty points. What what are they? Uh, yeah. Uh, to be honest, man, I don't know much about loyalty <laughs> points either. All right, we'll cut that part out. <laughs> uh, the the one thing you can do to build up points though is don't call it soccer. Call it football. <laughs> that's uh, that's probably like the easiest way to be uh, like Europeans can tell you apart. Like if you call it soccer, that's like you're just Unfortunately, instantly slightly down. My my accent wouldn't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think like as long as like if you called it football and you kind of like knew, yeah, and you have a team, Chelsea, so you're already like getting points there. It's not too hard to get that many points, but yeah, I right. think the soccer thing really kills it. It's the same in Australia. Everyone calls it soccer as well. Can you can you drink at stadiums in England, in like Europe, I guess? Uh, in Europe, uh, in the rest of Europe, you can. So I assume you can in the UK. But there's also, I don't know if you guys have it over there, but there's like a really like away supporters have their own like section, right? So I'll take Ajax's stadium because it's the easiest one, the Johan Clay Arena. There's actually a separate train platform for away fans that they then go down into like a sectioned off area behind like chain link fence and like proper like almost prison stuff, right? <laughs> And the train that takes them there will only go from the station where the team is from, bringing all the supporters to the stadium. So they never interact with, they can never like physically touch like the home supporters. So you're totally sectioned off from the home fans as an away fan. Are people that like contentious? Yeah. Like there's like, if you, cause if you don't, they'll just like be fighting and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, you see it in Germany as well, like in the UK. Yeah. It's really like, it's a full on, it's a full-on thing. Which yeah. I, I just find that crazy. I've been to so many Packer Viking games, 
Badger Gopher games, Brewer Cubs games. I I think in my entire like history of going to games, especially games where there's a large away section present, I think I've only actually seen one fight and it was more just one belligerent fan who was immediately arrested by the police. Like I I find that just crazy that it's to the point where you have to section people off and have, you know, a barricade of when we see on uh, television and we see those, are they police officers in that like neon green separating the sections? Is that police? Yeah. Uh, they'll generally be secu- like just security officers, sure. uh, but it can be like in the big major like rivalry games, it'll probably be police. Like, you know, if you're talking like uh, Bayern Munich and Dortmund or kind of some of the big, the big, big rivalries, then it'll be uh, right. proper full on. Because, yeah, in, in the then. United States, like when, uh, say, on like the West Coast or in uh, Philadelphia or whatever, It'll be like a really big story if they have, you know, undercover police officers posing as an opposing team's fan to just basically see if someone's trying to, you know, start a fight with them and then they'll arrest them. Like that makes national news when that happens because it's just in places like Minneapolis or Kansas City, that's just unheard of. You know, Milwaukee, that's just unheard of. Even Chicago and those guys are, I I said we weren't going to make fun of Chicago. (laughs) Quite a few listeners from Chicago, but even in Chicago, that's just unheard of. You're talking too much from a lens of a of a happy Midwestern person. (laughs) Like 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 Oakland Raiders fans fight each like like their own fans will fight each other. You know, like like if if you go like there there are places here where it's kind of like that. I mean, I, I don't think there's you know huge fights, but like oh my gosh, if you go to like Yankee Stadium. Wearing a different team's gear, good luck. You know, I think we're we're too nice, Sam. So, like, if I went to if I went to Yankee Stadium wearing a Minnesota Twins hat or a Milwaukee Brewers hat, like, I'm not talking Red Red Sox. Like, I can understand <laughs> Red Sox, but would would a New York Yankees fan actually have a problem with a Twins hat? Like, if the if the Twins are winning, yes. Okay. If the twins are winning, yeah. yes, like that does happen. Yeah. So the the key is, to, so I'm hearing the key is to wear a hat of a team that's actually kind of rubbish, and correct, then correct. Yeah. you'll get yeah. left yeah. alone. They'll so you can buy, just wear an Arsenal buy hat. Buy a beer. They'll be, they'll be uh-huh. nice. yeah. Man, invite me on the show and then just rip Arsenal all day. <laughs> I gotcha. We should be ripping Tottenham. What's this? <laughs> that's a good point. What's a hot spur? <laughs> yeah. no you know uh, when. NBC in the United States purchased the Premier League rights. Uh, Andy Sudeikis uh, did did like a series of uh, sketches where he was he was an American football coach that was now coaching Tottenham. And yeah, I've seen this. It was so funny. It was so funny. If you haven't seen that, find it on YouTube. Uh, The Tottenham Hot Spurs. (laughs) Oh man, that is yeah, that is some quality watching. Generally hilarious. Um, anyway, moving on, uh, moving on. This is going to be our longest episode to date, I think, but so lower league clubs, James describe like, what is the culture of supporting a lower league club? Are those matches typically on television? Is it more of just a game day atmosphere? What, what is the difference between supporting a Barnet or an Eastleigh over supporting a Manchester United or a Tottenham? Yeah, so like the culture of lower league clubs is like, obviously they're pro- they're generally not on television, and this is actually going to segue into something else I'm going to talk about. But um, 
they're generally like quite small stadiums, right? Like it's maybe one grandstand on one side and then kind of a few benches around the around the place. And it's not uncommon to also, you know, follow bigger clubs as well. You know, that's that's kind of fine. Like most people support a big club and a small club if it comes to it. But I think also this is why stuff like the FA Cup is such a big deal because if you're a small club and you actually kind of go far in the FA Cup and you you say play Manchester United, but it's at your home, which happens. You know, imagine, you know, you've got like basically the village park with a grandstand and you host Manchester United. Some of those games will be on television because obviously TV wants to see like Man United play, even if it's, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to be like six or seven or eight nil or something like that's you know, kind of for smaller clubs, the FA Cup is there really, is like the big deal for most lower league clubs. That's how they kind of also get to kind of see what the big boys do as well. I, I love watching the FA Cup. It's one of my favorites. And I actually think it's almost more fun watching it before the big clubs come in. And then once the big clubs are in, I really only want to see if one of the big ones gets knocked out by a smaller one. Yeah, exactly. And I love the FA Cup as well, you know. We're a most successful club, Arsenal. So, you know, we've got to win some, we've got to win some trophies, right? Yeah. Well, you could be like Man City and get really into that Carabao Cup, man. <laughs> they, I, I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't knock Man City, though. They've won quite a few Premier Leagues. And I think that's kind of one of the things as well is that, you know, you think of English clubs and English clubs have been around like, you know, a hundred plus years. And, it's almost like the perception of the MLS is that it's kind of just coming with a lot of money and it's mm-hmm. trying to make it kind of big already. Whereas for most people in Europe, I think it's like just play some seasons and then like, you know, build your own history and then it will kind of be more accepted than just, just throwing large amounts of money at it. But I guess that's kind of where the, the modern day game is. So yeah, I think that's kind of just, it's going to be accepted that that's how it's going to be going forward. Well, and you guys probably don't hear about over there. You you probably don't hear about, you know, the Minneapolis cities of the world or, you know, the forward Madison's or, you know, Detroit city, the chat Chattanooga, I think it's Chattanooga SC. There, there are examples of, uh, you know, very grassroots clubs in the United States that get a lot of national attention, but, because they're lower division, I can't imagine you would ever hear about them over there. No, uh, the only time I hear about them is uh, this podcast. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's my source of news for Forward Madison. Are Are there some examples of uh, very grassroots clubs in Europe? Yeah, there's like you know when they talked about when we talked about earlier about everything below the sixth division, sixth tier being null and void. There is a lot of like grassroots clubs there's a lot of clubs that you know go and play casually every like sunday league is what it's generally called in the uk like the sunday league club is the kind of for everyone who still wants to kick a football no matter about your ability or anything so yeah there's still a lot of that going around because yeah we we hear about let me just see if i could list off these are kind of trendy clubs for americans to follow like kind of with the mindset of american tottenham fans but with just more, <laughs> more legitimacy to it, you know? So like FC St. Pauli is kind of a uh, common team for just like the, the punk rock American supporter or uh, Union Berlin. You hear about that a lot. 
there's a team in Paris that's not PSG. I forget, maybe like Red Star or something. I don't know. There's, oh, there's a yeah. team in Paris that a lot of like punk rock soccer fans in the United States like. Yeah, or, uh, Red, Red Star FC, yeah. Red Star FC, yeah. Or uh, Luton Town in England um, is kind of a kind of a trendy pick for for American fans that just want the the uncorporate side of soccer. Yeah, uh, we, and we hear about those or like Forest Green FC. We hear about that one. Yeah, I've heard of most of those clubs myself as well. Is that just a marketing ploy? Or are those guys like legitimate, like underground, like grassroots? Yeah, like those clubs aren't really that like they're not in the top tier of football. But yeah, I'd say they're pretty grassroots clubs. Like, I don't think it's just they've somehow managed to, you know, bomb a Twitter somewhere and then everyone started following them. I think it's <laughs> Which yeah, is I think what it's so legit. Does. <laughs> all the time uh, you know just kind of wrapping up these uh cultural questions i have so the three lions man that's that's my first soccer jersey i have what's a bigger deal Same. club or country well i think it's i think it's still country like to represent england at the highest level is always the goal you know for all people but also it's that english pessimism that we know we're never going to win anything again so <laughs> as long as the uh because because the the main problem we had was that like the main thing for us is we we look back at a time you know in you know late 90s kind of early 2000s when we had beckham skulls like you know all of these players that were just like gerald like, all these players who were great and we just didn't win anything right even though we had this amazing team it was because a lot of it was just everyone was an individual right so it was all individuals playing in a team which didn't work whereas i think the last world cup really showed us that actually if we have people who are young and they do play as a team we can actually go somewhere like we came fourth that was a serious like effort like everyone everyone got on board everyone got pumped like that summer was just was just on another level because everyone was just so behind the three lions and then you know if we turn up to euros and you know, we just have a disappointing performance. Everyone's going to be like, well, that's old England again, coming out with the rubbish. <laughs> yeah, so. but, you know, the Euros 2021, World Cup 2022, you're going to essentially have, you know, Chelsea's starting 11, you know, fronting <laughs> your team. Like, there's reason for optimism, man. <laughs> Plus Harry Kane, right? <laughs> uh, Tammy Abraham will have passed him up by then. I mean, he'll probably be hurt, right? <laughs> true yeah i think but I, I still think it's country like you know no matter what club you support when the three lions play you're always you're all england fans and that's what matters like if you look at the pictures from the world cup when everyone's standing in the square drinking beers and watching the tv screens guarantee if you put them at a club match they'd be wanting to fight each other right <laughs> but you put them on country and everyone is on you know the same three lions and following the same flag so it's, it's always country is the bigger deal so you would rather have England win the World Cup than Arsenal win the Champions League? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I would. You'd take both though, like either either. I, one, I right? would take both in the same season, obviously. But, <laughs> but like uh, I would. One, right? You'd be happy with either. I'd be happy with either, but I'd rather like if England won the World Cup again, <clears throat> again. Um, that would be. Uh, I think that would that would really top it because I think. The other thing is it like it just pumps a whole country. Sure. 
like you know as as brits we just feel like amazing when or as english people so because we split up at that point uh <laughs> as english people we feel amazing when the team does well yeah so uh obviously for us i i mean i would pick the united states winning the men's world cup over the looms winning the loons <laughs> winning an mls cup just because the loons winning an mls cup is actually like possible um, <laughs> it's actually like something i would hope that sometime in my lifetime i would hope sometime in my lifetime we will see the loons win an mls cup but the united states men's national team winning a world cup will that ever happen like forget my lifetime but in my daughter's lifetime will that ever happen who knows man so i i would take that but I, I definitely I follow the loons more closely than the U.S. men's national team. That is for sure. Yeah, only when uh, only when loons players get on the the U.S. Uh, MNT, right? The new uh, that's those just guys. for the Olympics for the World Cup. I'm all in. Oh, okay. It's yeah. It's just because I, you know, that you that U23 Olympic side. It's just doesn't really do a lot for me. Yeah, if if it's gotcha. the World Cup, I'm I'm all in, man. Like that. Uh, you know, 2014 was super fun. And, you know, then in 2016 in the Copa America, that that was also a blast. I'm all for the U.S. men's national team uh, as a whole. It's just for the Olympics, it's significantly less exciting than the U.S. women's national team. Yeah. So in the last uh, World Cup then, who were you supporting? England. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was actually a super weird experience over here because the Netherlands didn't make it, right? Right. So the whole country was just super not into it. Like there was just like, no one was really following it. Like there was like one or two pubs that would show world cup games, but there was really like no atmosphere for a world cup. Really? Like, cause I went to England for work and it, it was like pumping and everything was on and it was like flags everywhere. And then you came back to the Netherlands and there was just nothing because they weren't in it. So no one cared because yeah, I, I went, uh, I went to a place in Minneapolis called Brits pub quite a bit during the world cup and there were huge crowds and um you know some of the crowds were more geared towards some of the like some of the populations where a significant amount of minnesotans maybe have heritage you know so i think it was yep. was it colombia that we have a big was, croatia population too croatians a lot of croatians here yeah i i the the semi-final england versus croatia i was at brit's pub for and it was packed but I also, I think it was England versus Colombia, and it was just packed with Colombian fans. <laughs> you know, and in England, of course, won that game. And I, I was wearing that jersey I showed you guys earlier. But Yeah, I, I was uh, sitting in front of the TV wearing my England jersey as well. I think I was games. actually texting you at the time. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, but it was, like, it was funny because the pubs would just basically be full of expats who were supporting the country they had expatted from, basically. Sure. was was about all it got over here. It really wasn't anything special. So how about the 2019 World Cup? You know, not to, you know, not to rub salt in any wounds, right? You know, your your lionesses. Um, drink some now, pee. Drink some pee. <laughs> now, in in the United States, the the U.S. Women's National Team is, you know, it's it's a very big deal here. I I would say on par with the U.S. Men's National Team, or even more popular. How how would you describe um, the lionesses over over in England? Are they catching on more? Like, what would you say? Yeah, I really think so. Like, um, I was actually I've watched the last two women's World Cups finals. 
that uh, 5-2 demolition of Japan in uh, 2015. When was it? Like Carly Lloyd scored like like the quickest hat trick or whatever it was. That was just yeah, insane. Yeah, Carly Lloyd, yeah. But yeah, I think it's really got a lot better. Like it's a lot more followed and I think that it's now taking up a bigger like portion of people's brain that they actually like they realize it's going on and they really like it. And it's actually also a bit awkward because uh, in England they're called the Lionesses, but in Dutch they're also the Dutch team is also called the Lionesses. Hmm. So in the semi-final of last year's World Cup, it was the Lionesses versus the Lionesses, which was <laughs> slightly weird. But yeah, it's really uh, it's got much more of a, a following, and and I think that not to get too political, but the the situation, shall we say, in America with the the women's team and FIFA or the FA in America, like I think that's also drawing a lot of attention in a positive way in Europe that, you know, females do actually play the game a lot more and they should be getting pay and all that kind of the equal opportunity thing is really, I think it's really helping Europe actually. And then you guys in England have a league that I like to watch. Um, I probably watch it more than our NWSL and that's the women's super league. And I, I watch it because I like Chelsea. I have an app that it's called the FA player. So it was put out by the FA where I can watch every women's super league game for free. Is, is that league gaining more traction over there or how would you describe that? Yeah, I think it is mainly because, you know, when you uh, have the world cup on for women, they always talk about the, the, the local teams that they play for, like the back home teams, and I know, you know, our Arsenal women's team has a couple of uh, Dutch players in it um, who were just like smashing goals in left and right, which is great. And I think that's starting to have more of a following as well. Yeah, maybe I need to find that app as well, watch some games. But I actually watch uh, the NWSL a little bit because they used to, I think they still do stream it on YouTube. Now so in the US, the... it's on ESPN Plus, but. Uh, so they used to stream it on YouTube. Uh, so yeah. I could like watch it on YouTube. And I used to watch the Seattle Rain actually, yeah, quite a bit before they came. The um, the Olympic Rain FC is now what they're called. Yeah, yeah, Rain FC. Yeah, with the lion thing. Oh, cool. oh no, it's OL Rain FC, right? Olympi. Olymp- yeah, they're in Tacoma. I don't. I, I want to say it's like a. It's almost like a Norse like goddess or something. I don't know. Like no, no, like that's a, the old one. They've changed. Oh, they they changed it. Yeah, they uh, changed to. Um, I think they have a they have a lion logo now. It's hmm. OL Rain because they got. Uh, I think they got bought by um, Olympion Leon. Oh, what it was. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, because I still follow them on like Facebook and Instagram and stuff. So oh. they got a brand new logo and everything. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would I would hope when Minnesota eventually gets a team i would hope that uh minnesota won't be your second favorite team after the team in the pacific northwest so so that gets me thinking a little bit you know like with with olympiacos buying that team i, I think that kind of shows not olympiacos leon yeah it's uh, i got that wrong it's olympia yeah. it's like olympia leon or whatever it is yeah. so leon, but it, it shows that europeans take europe is taking soccer in america seriously right because the women are obviously yeah. the best in the world so that's 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 true but even mls i mean there's several teams in the mls that are owned by european clubs you know right red bulls is owned by you know red bulls and was it salzburg is that who it is yeah. um man, man, city owns, yeah. man city owns a team i mean so people 
they they see the value in having an American product. It's it's also the same in Australia. Like one of the teams is owned by Man City down there as well. So it's really kind of like spreading around and trying to get to every market. So right, yeah. During my two weeks of watching the A League, I I had fun <laughs> cheering against Melbourne City. Just kind of, it was an easy thing for me to do since I always cheer against Manchester City to just switch it over to Melbourne City. Yeah, easy. If only I can tell you that the I... team in every league. <laughs> Just have that one team you hate everywhere. Yeah, easy. Tottenham I'll tell you needs what, though, to buy I... a team in Belarus. <laughs> You're like, I don't know which team I like, but I don't like that particular one. But but I have to be yeah. honest, since you were talk, guys were talking about it last time, I uh, yeah, I actually don't listen to any uh, podcasts of uh, the Whitecaps. So I don't know. what What's the taboo of switching teams in the US with the MLS? I think no one cares. given your situation... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it, it would be different if you were once like a diehard Whitecaps fan, but it sounds like you just went there and bought a scarf. You know, I didn't so, even buy. I bought a beanie. It's not even a scarf. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> you just went there, bought a beanie, and for years after, you said, "Oh, I'm a I'm a Whitecaps guy." But yeah, you know, I, I was following the MLS before it was cool everywhere else. You know, <laughs> back in 2013. You know, we could do a scarf swap. I could send you a Minnesota United scarf, and you could. uh you could send a uh, either Perth Glory or U- Utrecht. Utrecht, yeah. Utrecht. I'll uh, I'll I'll find a uh, Utrecht scarf for you. That's no dramas. And I'll I'll send you a Minnesota United scarf. So we'll uh, we'll work that out. Yeah, sounds good. But yeah, so James, thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks we, for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, we've we've appreciated all the listens you've delivered us from the Netherlands and. Uh, <laughs> Recently, we found out, though, that he's not the only one in the Netherlands that's Ooh. listening because we looked okay. further into it and people were listening from cities that he hadn't been to, uh, at least since the podcast had come out. So and it would have accounted for him listening like more than 10 times. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan. But... <laughs> we'll do a live show, live show in the Netherlands, right? <laughs> Air Force probably this... cheap, right? <laughs> that's a good point, right? So yeah, we'll we'll have to do that. But yeah, so guys, um, thank you for coming on for our third episode under quarantine. I I just want to give a quick shout out. Um, Justin, do you remember around the time when we first met, when we were working uh, together at the same school? We were packing up, we were getting ready to head out for the summer, and you had asked you had asked me what my favorite like summer jam was, and this was probably like 2012. Do you remember what you told me your favorite summer jam was first? No, I have a terrible memory. What what did I say? <laughs> you said it was uh summertime by the Fresh Prince. I do love summertime. It's yeah. great. But I said my my favorite summer jam was uh Mexican wine by Fountains of Wayne. Um so in honor of Adam uh, yes. Adam Schlesinger, who uh who unfortunately he passed away yesterday uh due to coronavirus. So in honor of him, I just want to sign off by saying, because the sun still shines in the summertime, I'll be yours if you'll be mine. I tried to change, but I changed my mind. Think I'll have another glass of Mexican wine. So cheers, everyone. Stay safe and pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. Pot on you loons.